You've tuned in to Talking Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast hosted by hockey superfans Ryan Hunt and Reese Martin. Come by every week to hear the best mates with the hottest takes for your Calgary Flames. Hello and welcome to Talking Flames, a hockey podcast covering everything you need to know about your Calgary Flames. I'm Ryan Hunt. And I'm Reese Martin. Reese, it's it's hard to believe that we are four episodes in and we finally, finally got one out on schedule. How does it feel? Feels wonderful. It's a nice, nice quiet Sunday evening down here in Lethbridge, so I'm glad we're able to, <laughs> to rattle this one off. Yeah, dude. Oh my god! Like the weather has been absolutely terrible recently. Like hell, you're supposed you're supposed to be in High River at home right now, but you ain't. No, I know. Like looking at the roads going back up. Like honestly, I I might not have made it back up there in one piece. Oh, dude, it's like it's terrible all over Alberta right now. Like I was um, saw a video on TikTok. I think um, at on Highway Two, just outside of Panoka, I think yeah, there was like a massive car pile up yeah like it's all over the place i think there was one near olds as well like mm-hmm. <laughs> people don't know how to drive i think but, a, lot, a lot of people don't have their winter tires on yet so i think that's yeah i managed to get my winter tires on like a few days ago which mm-hmm. lucky for me do you have your winter tires on no not yet because i'm in lethbridge <laughs> and they're in high river so i'll get them on as soon as people. possible no as soon as possible i'll have them on for real though on 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 a personal note though how are you how are Me? you honestly yeah. it's it's reading week coming up this week so i don't have fun of university classes so good i think it's going to be a bit of an enjoyable week but obviously still well, school work i on the other hand am very sad because not only have i had to watch this i don't know if we should say a sorry little hockey team but just today alone, which we're recording this on Sunday the 6th, um, I watched the Stampeders get their backs blown out by the BC Lions in the West semifinal today. It was absolutely horrible. Probably um, quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell's last game with the Stampeders. Like, oh my god, that was gut-wrenching to watch. And then, um, in one of my fantasy leagues... I was almost carried to victory by Tage Thompson. My man got me like 20 points to begin the week. <laughs> Absolutely insane. And then tonight I lost by like two points. Jesus, I want to cry. That's that's so tough. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh my God, man. it's It's been a tough week for Flames Faithful. Um, so two games happened. One against uh, Nashville. Can't even remember the day. Honestly, in my mind, doesn't even really matter. I was working. I couldn't even catch the game. Kind of glad. Um, and then on Saturday against the Devils, in my opinion, those are two games the Flames should have won. They didn't. Um, and they lost in embarrassing fashion. Yeah, so I guess if we dive into the first game against Nashville, which was on Thursday... Uh, the final score was 4-1. to one. And in my personal opinion, at least based upon what we saw from the Flames in the first couple periods, the score should have been a lot higher in favor of Nashville here. Yeah, because from, from what I heard and like reading the post-game reports and everything, it looked like Markstrom was the only one who wanted to win the game. <laughs> absolutely. Markstrom p- played an absolutely phenomenal game, considering, I guess, the other circumstances surrounding the team. Uh, 
I think it was this one fell to the skaters, I think, mostly. So Yeah. We can we can and, dive into that right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Go for it. I mean I um <laughs> I, I definitely surfed social media um, after the game when I had a chance, and I I was not happy with what I saw, but you can pop off because you actually had the displeasure to watch the game, so talk about it. <laughs> okay, so I guess in terms of scoring, so Mark Jankowski and his oh monumental return to Calgary. Uh, his Dude, first when game, I saw that, oh. His first game with the Predators this year, actually, they just activated him for this game. Uh, he scored just at the end uh, of the first period. And then to open up the second period, uh, Philip Forsberg scored pretty much right away, like just at the one-minute mark. And then uh, Roman Yossi scored to close out the second period. So at this point, right, the Flames are down 3 to nothing. However, like the score of this game was not representative at all, I think, of the quality of the Flames play through those first two periods. They looked absolutely dreadful. Uh, in a sort of theme of the game from this week, they just did not look like anybody really knew what they were doing out there on the ice. There was a rather large disconnect, especially between like the defense and the offense, like transitioning uh, into the offensive zone. It was like, honestly rather embarrassing to watch and that could be um mainly in part due to the line changes that um Sutter was implementing um and okay I it's been boiling in my head and I I just got to get it out so yeah no I I didn't watch the game but I definitely like surf social media look what everyone had to say afterward and what I saw was honestly terrible I saw like people saying, oh, this player should get traded, like, they should, you know, leave the team and stuff like that, trying to bully him out of town, and um, saying, you know, welcome to Calgary, Connor Bedard, like, oh my god, you guys, have some freaking patience, like, it, it seriously pissed me off how how much um, negativity I saw, and um, that's honestly something I do hate about this fan base. Like, oh my God, guys, they're on a four-game losing skid. It's not the end of the world. And keep in mind, we're also only 10 games into the season. There's still another 72 left to go, all right? If if you want to see any bad play, you know, line shakeups, whatever you want to hear, it's it's at this part of the season where that should happen, where it's safe to happen now if if this stuff was happening say after the trade deadline then yeah okay time to panic this is bad but you know we're still super early into the season it's november remember i made a prediction um at the very beginning of the season i said that they'll probably be pretty slow coming out of the gate and then once they hit um once the calendar flips to like december maybe even january They'll be rolling. Like, come All-Star break, we're going to be rolling. But, you know, maybe there could be some some shakeups needed only because there's new faces added to the group. And obviously, you can't expect a bunch of brand new players to immediately mesh together. Um, and for the first, like, what, five or six games of the season, I <laughs> it felt like I was wrong. But um, turns out that was just a little bit of little bit of magic, and that magic has worn off. 
unfortunately, and here we are. So this isn't the end of the world. Um, keep in mind, um, talking about like um Jonathan Herbdo and his slow start to the season. Um Johnny Gaudreau had a slow start to the season as well. Um, last season, I should say. And last season, same goes with Austin Matthews. He also had a slow start to the season. And man ended up scoring 60 goals and winning MVP, okay? This is a brand new system for Jonathan Herbido, and he's taking a bit to adjust. So what? Whatever. There's, We still have a lot more time, and we'll figure this out, okay? It's a bit of a tough stretch. Like, I'm mad about it. Reese is mad about it. We're all mad about it. It sucks. It's frustrating. But we'll get through it. Just have a little bit of goddamn patience. <laughs> okay, rant over. Okay, <laughs> thank you for that, Ryan. No problem. I'm here all day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as we've maintained since the first episode, like shaking up the core of the team like this in such a major way over the off season, it's going to take time for the guys to develop chemistry this year. So, I think the first four games, I think, were maybe a bit misleading into just how much that chemistry had developed because obviously since then uh, they've certainly fallen back to earth in that regard. But I agree with you that there's certainly no need for mass panic and overreaction at this point because there's still a lot of hockey left to be played. And I think it's clear to any hockey fan that like the potential of this group is certainly far beyond how they've played in the last five games. Oh, exactly. I mean, hell, how do you think um, Penguins fans feel? Actually, heck, you, you're a closet Penguins fan, aren't you? What do you mean, closet you Penguins fan? I was a Penguins fan when I was like younger. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you? I should say, are are you pank a closet Penguins fan now? Not really so much. I think I transitioned over to the Flames. Good, good. Mm -hmm. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, think of Penguins fans like Seven you know losses. the team looked like the team looked like a cup contender right out of the gate. Hell, I think even last episode I called them a cup contender, mm -hmm. which you know i i didn't do my research on that one um and how how big is their losing skid now it's seven and i think they've blown leads in three of those if i'm not mistaken good lord they're like <laughs> they're like vancouver canucks 2.0 at this point oh my god <laughs> like like wasn't i think um in episode two when riley and i were talking um sydney crosby had something like 12 points in just a few games can't quite remember the exact metric but he was on a like a historic tear um but I, i'm pretty sure they're losing he had started in calgary too which is funny yeah um but yeah i know like they're on a seven game losing skid and um honestly if i were a penguins fan yeah i'd start to panic just a bit because you know when you when you hit seven games that gets a little scary and we're we are only on four games and one of them was an overtime loss against the devils so you know what it ain't all that bad okay i'm not now <laughs> i'm i'm trying not to sugarcoat this too much because we are kind of in a crappy situation but you know like i said earlier there's so much time to polish this out um so yeah like we have time on our side and time is king so back to the Predators game. So <laughs> the Flames really didn't come alive till the third period. Uh, so Coleman scored like less than two minutes into the third. 
nice to finally see him get one in absolutely and yeah for the rest of the third the flames were really pushing obviously it did not show up on the score sheet uh regrettably but uh this was really the only period in the game where you could perhaps consider the flames and the predators like playing a game of somewhat even uh intensity all throughout like the first and second despite the fact that nashville were like one six and one in their last eight games like the predators just wanted to win this game so much more than the flames did and that was evident on the score sheet but even without seeing those goals uh Nashville would just simply put the more determined team and the Flames really did not have an answer to that until the third period. Uh, hmm. Something which I think characterizes both games this week, I guess two points. First is a slow start to the game. Second is inopportune penalties at very, very poor times. So something that really stood out to me was as Calgary were were bearing down, like in the later stages of the third period, uh, Nikita Zadorov took what I'm going to say is a rather unnecessary roughing penalty against Ryan Johansson, and from that point on, the remaining nine minutes of the game, uh, that really did seem to deflate the Flames. Even though the Predators did not score on that uh, power play, it seemed like all the momentum that they had been building for the last ten minutes of that period was just absolutely quashed by that. And obviously they were not able to score or even like bring the game closer to a tie after that. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, I know. All I really managed to catch for myself was um, what was on the score sheet. But um, it is a good thing to note that they didn't just completely die during that game. Like there was a little bit of comeback involved. Absolutely. I mean, you look at like the shot counts for each period. Like in the first period, Nashville outshot the Flames twelve to three, which was really uncharacteristic, I think, of the Flames and what we've come to expect from them. But in the second, the Flames outshot the Predators thirteen to ten, and in the third, they outshot them fourteen to ten. So I mean, the final shot totals were thirty-two to thirty, but certainly the fact that they only got three shots on net in the first period is a very, very concerning point from that game. Yeah, and that seems to be a common occurrence um, with this team early on is that they start off slow, they dig themselves in a hole, and they end up trying to fight their way out. Um, and it's it's a good thing that they do have some fight in them, but they're just using it in the wrong way. Like you shouldn't be, you know, trying to climb yourself out of like a two goal deficit. Um, but to have that fight back mentality is great if you need to win like a must win game and you're down a goal with like one minute left in the third period. That is a golden mentality to have um, and to build. But constantly finding yourself down is that's not going to win you hockey games. So um yeah, it's good that they they tried to fight back in that Nashville game, but um, you know, brutal start just ended up getting them into something that they couldn't get themselves out of. I guess some other relevant stats that came out of the Predators game. Uh, so the Predators like were fifty nine won fifty nine percent of the faceoff draws. Uh, the Flames 
actually far uh, out battled the Predators in terms of like the physical game. Like the Flames had 41 hits to the Predators 25. Uh, unfortunately, the Flames had like 15 giveaways where Nashville only had nine. And the Predators blocked like almost like over 10 more shots than the Flames did. So the yep, result of the game, and- not really surprising given that. Uh, and in terms of the special teams, the Flames were 0 for 3 on the power play, which unfortunately has been a, a rather strong time recently. Also, they were 3 for 4 in a penalty kill uh, against the Predators. So hmm. take some solace in that. Yeah. And that that's like that's been the hot topic with this team is um the power play is garbage. <laughs> that needs to that needs to get rejuvenated somehow. I I don't know if it should be, you know, shifting up the power play line or whatever, but they really really need to work on that. It it's it is embarrassingly bad. And also like, you know, lots of crucial plays have been them turning the puck over and that ends up you know that ends up losing them hockey games so they really need to um work on their puck moving skills a little bit um from what i've seen and yeah so that's that was an embarrassment of a game from start to finish well mainly at the start um but the devil's game on saturday was just a, it, was, it was a tinge different yeah so I guess the opponent for that game were the Devils, and they came into town with a nine and three record. One of the hottest teams, hot. one of the hottest teams in the entire league, really, and one of the most exciting teams to watch. Uh, I think overall this game obviously went a lot better than the game against Nashville did, but once again, the issue of slow starts to hockey games is still there. Uh, Kadri did score a minute and a half into the game, which. At least Sick. at first was a very encouraging sign, but uh, the Devils answered back. Uh, three minutes later, Nathan Bastian scored his second of the season. And then three minutes after that, another Devils goal. And finally, another six minutes, sorry, seven minutes after that, Miles Wood scored his fifth. He's been really hot this year already. So at this point, the Flames are down 3-1 going into the second period. And this is where I stopped watching the game. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, like, man, I that I think that's the first time in a long time, if not ever, where I just stopped watching a game. Like I've I've always, you know, stuck it out to the end. Um, but I was like, you know what? I had a long day at work. I, I was already sad going into this. After watching that period, I'm I'm I am even more sad. My friends were calling on me for game night, and I'm like, you know what? you know what, Reese is watching the game, ah, whatever, and then I I tuned out the game for a while, and some insane things happened, apparently. So looking at, like, the shot totals from the first period, uh, the Devils outshot the Flames 12-7, to 7. Uh, so obviously nowhere near as bad as uh, how they were outshot uh, for the, the Predators game. Uh, something I guess I also noticed across the games this week was with Tanev being out with his injury, uh, Uyghur and Zadorov, that pairing did not look great, I'm going to be honest, for both games this week, Like, which is understandable given that this is really their first time playing together, so 
they really don't have the sort of chemistry, of course, that Hannafin and Anderson have on pairing one. So obviously we can't can't necessarily expect uh, extremely strong results from them this early, but that point has certainly been concerning. Yeah, this team needs Chris Tanev so much. Um, like it was apparent in the playoffs last year, and it's apparent right now. Like there's there's even no word on when he's going to be back. And and uh, Mike Stone got injured in Saturday night's game too. He's on. Um, I don't think he's on long term IR, but he is on the IR. Um, so with what injury? I I wasn't able to find that out, but I heard like um just like sunday morning that he was placed on ir so that is (laughs) about a year ago i didn't think i'd be saying this about stone but that's a hit to our defensive core um with tanev shillington shillington still hasn't played at all this season and now stone are out and with the little bit that i watched saturday night's game um connor mackey looked horrendous yeah uh... i couldn't believe it yeah, I mean, he did take uh, an interference penalty uh, in about halfway through the first period. And after that point, with Stone gone, uh, I don't think Mackey really saw the ice much at all after that. It seems like Sutter was just rolling with the top four for the rest of the night. But anyway, I guess some criticisms I heard online about this game was uh, an ungodly amount of penalties called. So I think in the second period alone, there were eight penalties called oh my god uh and i think it was even uh, across both teams so it wasn't like one team was heavily favored at all but yeah certainly a little concerning on that note but anyway in terms of the second period scoring uh lindholm got his third of the season uh five minutes in it's good to see him pot one in yeah he's been a little silent recently and it's good to see that that first line get a, get rolling a little bit too. Oh, it's also worth saying before I um before we continue that the lines were um put back to normal for Saturday's game. The first line was you know Huberto Lindholm to Foley, and it was all the same down across the board. Um, defensive pairings were a little different with you know Tanev being out and Stone drew in the lineup, but he's gone so. Um, but yeah, no, the, the the forward core was put back to normal, and it got a spark going early, but... <laughs> yeah. But I think the start of the second period kind of marked, like I say, the turn of the tide in the game, but uh, the Flames did come out uh, of the first period looking a little more competent, like they wanted to win this game. Uh, so we go into the third period, uh... I believe it's three to two at this point. Uh, it ends up being Nikita Zadorov with three minutes into the third period. He of ties course. up the game. Uh, yeah, so quite shocking offensive output from Nikita, Zor- Nikita Zadorov so far this season with three goals. It's a little shout out there. Yeah, and lots of people are saying that Zadorov sucks, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like un- unfortunately with his big frame like he does take a lot of penalties but the dude has a shot right and he-, he scored three already this season and you know i i guess i'll i'll say it he has more goals than jonathan huberto so far this season so <laughs> what can you say with that absolutely the door has been a rather interesting case i guess 
Uh, obviously, as we just mentioned, his offensive output has been definitely a lot better than expected. Uh, analytically, like him and Stone, at least the time they've played together, they have been, in my opinion, rather great on the defensive side. And I know that like the advanced analytics do do back that up. One concern with Zadorov, though, is he does tend to get caught, especially when you know he gets flat-footed. He isn't he isn't in motion. Like there was one very notable gaffe. I think I'm gonna say it was like mid third period. I think uh, he got caught right in front of the net. Uh, he stopped moving and he coughed up the puck. Uh, and Marsham had to make like a rather incredible save, but. Yeah, you can't do that to your goaltender all yeah. the time and expect them mm-hmm. to make a save like that. So yeah, and I think um oh man um in the first period um Connor Mackey did something the same and Markstrom wasn't able to make the stop. Yeah, I mean once again Markstrom did play a rather incredible game again, and unfortunately you know it did not end up in the results that he would have liked, but. Yeah, I mean, from the first period again, uh, had Marshall not been on his game, we likely would have been going out of that period like five, six to one, because all the goals that were scored on him, uh, he really had no chance on, especially especially for the first two. Yeah, one thing um, I can't quite remember where I read this from um, is that this team is missing. Um, the drive to like really get themselves back into games right now. And last season, the player who really did that for him was Matthew Kachuk. He was, he was always the one who would take this slumping team and like bring them up off their ass and get them on the ice and get playing well. And I'd say we are missing that ability dearly. The only player who's come close to reciprocating that kind of energy, honestly, is Zadorov. Um, I forget. Oh my god, which game was it? Um, might have been the Kraken game, where um, I think at the end of the first period, I'm probably completely wrong, but um, it was the first fight of the season for the Flames. He, I mean, he kind of got dumpstered, but he kind. And yes, they ended up losing that game. But from what I noticed, the Flames ended up playing a little bit better after that. Um, so Zadorov has been that player, and but it hasn't really worked out for him too well so far. So, um, and it's not that this team is just lazy, and you know Markstrom's the only one who wants to win or anything. It's just things are just a little messy. You know, like I said earlier, you know, new phases are still gelling into the lineup, so you know, there's going to be a little bit of disarray. I mean, yeah, and look, looking at some other stats from last night, uh, the face-offs are pretty much even, like, with a slight edge to the Devils. Uh, the Flames did take, like, six more penalty minutes than the Devils took, unfortunately. And once again, in terms of the hits, the Flames had 40 hits, and the Devils only had 14 hits. So once again, <laughs> they were vastly outplaying them in the physical department. And then in terms of blocks and giveaways, like they were also pretty much even. And once again, uh, the Flames, they had two power play chances. They did not score a goal on either of those. But on the penalty kill, they were they were four for five. And the penalty kill looked great. Like I think there were a couple penalties where like the Devils got maybe two like low danger 
uh, scoring chances, and that was it, really. So once again, the penalty kill has been great. The power play has been nowhere to be found. Yeah, there's a positive. The penalty kill has been pretty good. But <laughs> you you shouldn't be finding yourself in that position so much anyway to begin with. And once again, on the topic of those penalties, unfortunately, uh, just over a minute into overtime, uh, Lindholm hauls down John Marino as they're, as it's the Devils are rushing toward the Flames net, and he gets called for an interference. I know there was a lot of debate about this one online and the validity of that penalty call, but I mean... In my opinion, like it's the sort of situation where Lindholm should not have put himself in there, uh, considering that it was, you know, I'm just over a minute into overtime. I think that was the right call there, made by the officials. Yeah, like this team just they have to, you know, really keep track of what they're doing, keep track of their sticks also as well, just you know to avoid these dumb penalties from being taken. But um. So yeah, those games happened, and one thing that I read online like sometime throughout the week um, is that this team needs to go on a road trip. Um, for the entire season, they've pretty much been stuck at home, stuck in the Saddle Dome, and the only road game they've played is in Edmonton. <laughs> they've been stuck in in Alberta for the entire season so far. And usually on road trips, you know, that's when guys have a chance to, you know, interact, bond together and all that stuff and create chemistry. Um, and heading on the road will do that for this team. So um, this schedule coming up next week, it's a bit of a cluttered one. Um, they are hitting the road. Um, where's our first destination? Yeah, so their first stop is in Long Island. Uh, tomorrow, or I guess today when the podcast is released, Monday, November 7th, they'll be playing the Islanders. Yeah, yeah. And then on Tuesday, they're going to New Jersey to play the Devils. And then on Thursday, they'll be in Boston. And finally, on Saturday, they'll be back in the Dome to play the Jets. Okay, that's a, that's a lot of games. Um, for that Islanders game, I think that's a golden opportunity for them to finally you know get that two-point tally um that and then going to get a rematch against the devils i think would be good for them too um like the devils have been a feisty team to start the season so um to say it's um an easy win for them like it won't it won't be an easy win but i think you know the flames should still win that hockey game and then going to boston that's that's gonna be a toughie because boston has been one of the better teams to come out of the gates this season i mean you look at the standings right now as of like 11 p.m on sunday november 6th boston <laughs> is second in the league and new jersey's third in the league and even the islanders really i mean the islanders i think they've last they've lost their last yeah they, they lost last night i think so i mean they're like seven and five on the season there they're still in the top half of the standings so by no means is this going to be an easy week for the flames Especially considering, you know, the sorrows of the week that's just gone by. Yeah, and that that has to be the team mentality too, is that, you know, this is this ain't gonna be an easy road trip for us. We gotta bring our best game. And who knows, maybe that's the reason why they they, you know, played those sad games against Seattle Nashville. They thought, Oh, 
oh, we'll win this game. It's fine. But <laughs> look what happened. Absolutely. I know, like, a four-game home losing streak is obviously terrible. But, I mean, if the Flames lose tomorrow, they're going to be, like, a 500 team at that point. So mm-hmm. it's very easy for a four-game losing streak to turn into a seven-game losing streak to turn into an eight-game losing streak. And at that point, you really start damaging your aspirations for playoff contention or, you know, winning a division. Exactly, yeah. So I guess if we just take a step back here and we look at where we're sitting now, 10 games into the season, and compare that to where we were last year at 10 games. Uh, So currently, of course, the record is 5-4-1. This time last year, uh, we were sitting 6-1-3, and three, uh, coming off back-to-back overtime losses at home to Nashville and Dallas. Hmm. Interesting. So obviously we're, we're sitting a few games back of where we were last season, but I think with, as we discussed earlier in the episode, uh, those chemistry issues are still quite evident. Uh, and by no means am I trying to point any blame here, but Huberdeau has certainly, I guess, not lived up to the expectations that were placed upon him coming into the year. I believe he only has one point at even strength uh, through 10 games this year. Hmm. Uh, And from the games that I've seen, it almost seems like he's perhaps trying a bit too hard. Like at this point, he's in his head. He's overthinking uh, perhaps routine plays that obviously he he's very much capable of making. Uh, but I mean, there's no doubt that like, you know, there's an absolutely incredible hockey player uh, who set record as a left winger last year with the most assists of the season. So obviously uh, he still has a lot to give. It's just you know, adjusting to this new system that he's playing in and, you know, working to overcome whatever's plaguing him right now. Yeah, all we need is patience. Absolutely. It, it, it'll form together, you're assuming, people. All we need is just a little bit of patience. <laughs> and I mean, like, Kadri has looked phenomenal. Like, he's our, our leading scorer right now. Like, he's 11 points in 10 games. He's just he's Man's been going phenomenal. Insane. And Uyghur, I guess... He has four points in 10 games, but his impact on the defensive side of things has also been really good. And we should also, of course, take the last couple of games with a grain of salt because he hasn't been playing with Tanev, who he's always been paired with before that. Yeah, another thing kind of reversing back to the Devils game that I remember hearing about online is that um, Michael Backlund was benched for the third period. Oh. Did you notice that at all while watching the game? I, I could swear I saw him out there. Well, I guess a, a couple times. I, also, I did notice that Lucic was benched, though. I don't think he played much after like the first half oh. of the second period. I don't know. Maybe I'm spreading fake news. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> I read online that... Um, <laughs> I read online that, yeah, um, Daryl Sutter made a puzzling decision and benched Michael Backlund, but... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just kind of what I heard. Um, but yeah, that that's just something I remembered. But moving on to the road trip coming up. Yeah, they go to Boston 
after playing New Jersey. Um, and like we were saying earlier, yeah, Boston's been a very good team to start the season. So that is going to be a tough, tough game. And it seems like <laughs> in this era of hockey, there's no hockey team that walks out of TD Garden without getting their butt kicked, even if they win. So it's going to be a tough game for the Flames there. And if they win that game, then that's like, that's a huge statement. So really crossing the fingers for a win there. And then on Saturday, they take things back to the Dome and they play the Winnipeg Jets, which in my opinion, that's a game they should win. I mean, I would not be so fast on that. Like the Jets have actually had a really strong start to the year. Like they're 7-3-1 and in the year. And Connor Hellebuck has looked like he's back to his old Vezina ways, at least so far this season. So, I mean, these are like four tough games against teams that are either at the right top of the league or they're at least in the top half of the league. So, a four-game, as we said earlier, a four-game losing streak can turn to an eight-game losing streak in a week. So, absolutely, we need some beacon of hope here to regain some sort of hope for the future of this team. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think with, with the way things are going, I think Nazem Kadri is going to be that, that beacon of light that you're talking about, but yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. Um, yeah, I guess maybe I'll retract my statement on that Winnipeg game a little bit. Um, they've had a good start. Um, I still think they're kind of a mid team, but you know, that's just my opinion. Hellebook has been really good. You are right. Like, holy crap. He's been so good. I, <laughs> I have him on one of my fantasy teams. So I know, um, and de like, like I said earlier, it's definitely not, um, not a game where the flames should just slack off and be like, ah, this is a game I'll win. You know, we'll take the night off. Because that's how games spiral out of control. Like, look at the Kraken game. Look at the Nashville game. Like, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what happened. So, um, you can't get caught with your tail between your legs or else bad things will happen. Absolutely. I, the two very obvious takeaways from uh, the games this past week, as I've mentioned, are you can't start slow because, you know, when you put yourself down by three goals after the first period you're pretty much setting yourself up for a, an almost impossible task of digging back out of that. Like in the case exactly. of the Devils game, the Flames had all the momentum pretty much for the entire third period and the first minute of overtime. I honestly, if Lindholm had not taken that penalty, I'm very, very certain the Flames would have won that game based upon like the way the momentum was swinging for, that, for the third period and overtime. Yeah, and like mistakes happen you know no one's yeah. perfect no P guys make mistakes all the time and the only way you can learn is by failing mm -hmm. you know you fail you learn from your mistakes and then you succeed yeah. Lindholm learned from that brutal mistake he made he won't do it again mm -hmm. so you know you gotta fail in order to succeed um like hell like this is it's a bit of um an extreme um comparison but look at the Tampa Bay Lightning you know in oh. 2019 it's a damn good thing what happened to them happened because i think the flames would have taken like front row seats to that playoff blunder that year but oh my god like Tampa Bay they won like 
they won north of 60 games. I think like they won 62 60. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like historic. They were projected to like just absolutely sweep their way through the playoffs. Maybe not literally sweep, but you know what I'm trying to say. But they got swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like <laughs> if if I was um a Lightning fan, I would have drowned myself in Tampa Harbor. Like that's terrible. But um you know, they they didn't shake it up at all. And then they proceeded to win two straight Stanley Cups and damn near won a third one as well. Um so in order to succeed, you got to fail, right? That that's just the way it is. And um you know, right now the things ain't working for the Flames. They're failing, but eventually they will succeed. I I believe it personally. You know, that this is completely up for your interpretation, but I believe that things will sort themselves out. Absolutely. I think as we've maintained throughout this episode, like the potential of a team is far beyond, you know, the product we're seeing on the ice right now. Like the potential of this team is not like missing the playoffs or a first round exit. Like I think there's a very valid reason to think this team can go deep this year finally. Yeah. Patience. That's going to be the title of the episode. Patience. Mm -hmm. Have a little bit of patience, people, and we'll get through this just fine. All right. I think we can start wrapping things up here. Um, maybe a, um, can you give a little bit of a debrief of what we just talked about with the past few games and all that crap? <laughs> I mean, I'll say it again, I guess. <laughs> we need to not start slow in the first two periods. And we need to stop taking penalties at arguably the worst possible moments in games. And then yeah. looking ahead to the next week, we have four games, three of which are on the road, uh, one of which is back at home on Saturday. Uh, all games are against teams that are in the top half of the league, if not at the top of the league in terms of the Devils and the Bruins. So by all accounts, this is going to be a very tough and important week for the Flames. Yeah, it's going to really show like you know, if this team is a bunch of imposters or, you know, they're the real deal. They have what it takes, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I've made my beliefs known. I think they are the real deal. Um, They just need to show it, and they'll eventually get there. <laughs> is this road trip ideal? Absolutely not. But, you know, you you, you got to roll with the punches here. Um, And I think if, if, they, if they start off good with a win in Long Island against the Islanders, then, you know, I'm not saying it'll be smooth sailing, but to get their confidence back up, that is, that's key right there. So I think we'll end it on that high note there. Um, looking forward to a good week of hockey. Um, you know, this past week has been really stressful, but I think we're, we're going to be in for a treat with a game, a road trip against the New York Islanders, and then quickly heading over um, the Hudson River to um, New Jersey to face the Devils, then going upstate a little bit to um, to Boston to meet the Bruins, and then heading back home to face the Winnipeg Jets. So that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. I know I say this every week, but um, we're still trying to get it out on Apple Podcasts. I don't even know if it's going to happen at this point. I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm the one who like um, 
handles all like the post-production stuff and actually runs the socials and everything. Um, I've been trying to do it. I maybe just like randomly in the middle of the season, I would be like, surprise, we're on Apple Podcasts now. So <laughs> um, if that happens, I will definitely update social media, which we are on Instagram at Talking Flames Pod. Be, be sure to follow us over there for some wacky um, game coverage and everything. Um, this week, I'll admit I, I slacked a little bit on it, mainly just because I was a little busy. Um, I couldn't really watch the games. Um so try to change that up a little bit this week, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. So be sure to follow us on Spotify. Make sure to hit that little notification bell. So, you know, every single Monday episodes come out and be sure to follow us on Instagram and all that good stuff. And be sure to tune in next Monday for the next episode. Final thoughts, Reese, huh? Hopefully we win. <laughs> Have a good week. We'll see you next time. Peace.